another episode of Creating Powerful Impact. I'm your host, Shay Wheat, founder of Grace and Ease Productions. And today I'm excited to have this individual on. It's been a challenge between both of our calendars. We've had to reschedule and do this and do the other, but it's finally happening. I'm so excited because Ollie is somebody that is worth listening to. So I'm excited to introduce you to Ollie Matthews, who is a functional medical medicine doctor, a nutritionist, a certified health coach, and he has really become the go-to guy for stressed out, high-achieving entrepreneurs to go from the brink of burning out to tr- to really true peak performance one day at a time. And I know there's a few of you that are on here listening. So that's why I'm really excited to have Ollie joining us on the Creating Powerful Impact stage. What's going on, Ollie? Hey, thank you for having me. And again, apologies for, for it taking so long, but we're here right now. It's it's all in divine timing, right? Exactly. It's supposed to happen Beauty now. in different time zones. <laughs> right, across the pond. But that's yeah. why I love you know, virtual live events, like this is a live event. So just shows you the power that you can have within it. But I'm excited because I would love for you to support our audience and really sharing some just diamonds in regards to burnout, right? So a lot of my audience, a lot of my colleagues, um, a lot of people I know work a lot, they stress out, they're building their business, they're scaling, they're growing, and health kind of goes to the side. Yep. Um, it's not seen as important, or it's like not the most important. So can you share with us um, how you support high-achieving entrepreneurs to really go from that brink of burnout to peak performance, and then how it supports them in everything they do going forward? Yes, the the place where we have to start is where that individual currently is at. And everyone is going to be at different levels of potentially burning out. So the way I I speak to someone is that I look at their symptoms. If someone is waking up through the night and needing to go to the toilet multiple times, then chances are their body's under a lot of stress. If their head's hitting the pillow and they're tired and wired, they're under stress. If they're waking up and needing caffeine, the, the body's under stress. Now, occasionally going through the stress is okay, but we need to realize, and so many people don't, and, and I have a story that my dad died when I was 15 because he was overly, overly stressed. He was 47 years old, mm. and he was the guy providing for his family. He had signs. There were sleep issues. There were migraine issues, and just constantly overworking. And I see so many entrepreneurs that are seeing these signs. There may be excess body fat around the stomach. Could be that there's hormonal issues. There's irregular periods or early menopause or just really high symptoms going through the menopause for women uh, with guys low testosterone it could be that there's brain fog going on and afternoon energy dips and and it just the problem is is we think that it's going to take a lot to sort this stuff and if i'm honest some people are so extreme and so severely stressed that it will take a lot but we only have to look at doing one single thing at a time. And it's a process that time is going to move forward, whether we like it or not. Now, one thing that guarantees is that we're not going to stay in the same place. We're either going to improve our health or it's going to get worse with the stress that gets thrown at it. 
And so I will take someone that will be truly stressed out and we look for the lowest hanging fruit. And it's not sexy when we say that. I have to try and like, we have to try and as marketers label these, these products to, to be a bit sexier than they are. The first thing I'll look to do with people is, can we get to sleep at the same time for a couple of weeks? And can we wake up at the same time for a couple of weeks, including the weekend? We look at their food diary. We see what's actually going on with that. Ideally, in an ideal world with the clients I work with, I want to see their, their latest blood test results. Maybe they've got historical results. And we look at uh, potential nutrient deficiencies that are going on. I have a very, very in-depth onboarding process, but it's simple to complete. So it gives me different questions in my health screening. Are you getting cold hands and feet? Do you struggle with energy after meals? Do you get bloated? Like all these different things that give me symptoms, which tell me where to, where to actually start. But the trouble is, is that a lot of the times as entrepreneurs, a lot of the times as highly driven individuals, one of the things we do is we chase dopamine. We chase this, like, like this, this feel good, this contentment side of things. We, we chase this neurotransmitter, which becomes quite addictive. Now, I don't want to take that away from people because that's one of the reasons they've become so successful in their business because we want to get to a level and scale it. But we do have to realize when we get to a certain level, we, we can just chill a little bit and, and take our foot off the gas so we can grow in other ways. Now, I see what people do is that they haven't done anything and they know they need to change something. So they look for the quickest way to do it. So we see these dopamine releasing programs that are sexy to shout about on Facebook, on, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on these places. We'll see people that want to do 75 hard. Maybe they go to some severe uh, extreme diet side of things. They go and do long fasting. They, they go and do loads of ice baths and these sorts of things. There's three levels that we look at and 80% 80, 80 of the results are in the first level. And that is just building these foundations that if we can get okay with our sleep, if we can get pretty much 80, 85% of our food being whole foods that agrees with our body, if we can balance our blood sugar levels by getting good levels of protein throughout the day, not having carbohydrates on their own, and if we can keep hydrated and breathe good air, then, then we look at vitamins and minerals and things like that. If we can work on these foundations, I've got this... Um, this obsession with Everest. I love the thought of climbing Everest. The thought, uh, it's, it's the something thought, which I'm looking to do. Doing yeah. it, just I have the got this goal. Okay. I have got this goal to do it by by the time I'm 47. When my dad died at 47, my birthday is the 21st of May, which is around climbing, like peak climbing season. So the goal is to do it in 10 years. Now, in order to climb Everest, we have to look at this analogy of health as in Everest. It is going to be hard to reach the top. But there's two things that we have to look at is that so many people want to climb the mountain without getting cold. And secondly, this peak, like reaching the summit, isn't the goal. The goal is to get to the summit and back down safely. Okay. Most of the deaths on Everest happen when we're actually coming down because our eyes off the ball. So, so many people hit these goals and then they start free falling back down. And then there's a hole that, that there's like so many, so many dangerous things loose. Um, snow there and there's rocks and there's avalanches and all these things that we forget because we've, we've hit that first goal we've taken the pictures we've got the social proof we've done it 
And so many people, they'll do a transformation, they'll smash this transformation and then go back to where they were before. Now, the way we work our health, again, when you climb Everest, you have to do it in rotations. The first thing you do is get to base camp. It takes 12 days to trek there. It takes eight days to trek back. So the first thing is we get this foundational level of health. We make sure you're able to sleep. We make sure you have great energy throughout the day. We make sure your digestion is good. We make sure that your hormones are nicely balanced so that you end up that you've got good testosterone when you need good testosterone. Your cortisol is high when you need your cortisol high. Your melatonin is high when we need it to go to sleep. That your circadian rhythm is on track. And they're the things that acclimatization at base camps happen. And then we may get things like a launch. Now, when you climb the mountain, you do rotations. So you go up to camp one and you, you then come back down and acclimatize. You go up to camp two and come back down and then up to camp three. And then some people do another rotation. They come back down and do one, two, three. Then there's camp four and what they call the death zone in the summit. Now, our body needs to acclimatize at those levels. So when we see people that are going straight in with 75 hard, for example, which um, I use that because it's very well known. And some people are getting results for it. But the premise is that you're going to do two workouts a day, one of them outside. I believe it's 45-minute workouts. It's making sure you drink a certain amount of water, read a certain amount of um, books, um, a personal development books, I believe it is, and not have a cheat meal, follow a diet for 75 days. Now, if you get to day 12 and you fall off, then you go back to day one. So it's very, it's a mental fortitude challenge. And that's what it was designed for. But I see so many people that haven't acclimatized at base camp with their health. They aren't going to the gym twice a week. And who says they even need to go to the gym? It's the first mistake people make is that we look at health as the same as fitness. So therefore, you can be health or you can be fit without being healthy. Believe me, I used to be a competitive bodybuilder. 2012 was my last show. I then went into endurance and working with professional endurance athletes. So I naturally wanted to train like them. I then tried to run marathons and do 100-mile bike rides and things like that. That was I was fit for that purpose, but it was not healthy. I then ended up burning out and nearly blowing both my Achilles tendons out. So it's very much that healthy doesn't necessarily require going to the gym. It helps, but fitness is something which people look at. I want to lose weight. What's the first thing people say? I'm going to go to the gym. I want to go and like whatever it is. For, I, I want to get fit. I go to the gym. Not I want to get healthy. So I'll improve my sleep. I'll improve my gut health. I'll get my energy levels good. So my body really doesn't stress out too much. And that way, once we get that resilient built, resiliency, I can't even speak, resiliency built up, we end up that whatever life seems to throw at us, our body will bounce back from that. So many it's its own ecosystem, right? Exactly. Like it can, it'll, it'll have, now I am not a medical doctor of any sort, but it's like, you've got all your red blood cells and your white blood cells and like things will come in and fight whatever is showing up because it knows yeah. what that base camp is, right? So depending on what your base camp is, it's either going to be able to work at a super high achieving level if its base is solid versus if it's not solid, then things are going to be falling through the cracks, essentially. Exactly. Exactly. And, and we justify it as well because we're too busy. Yes. And it's hard that 
I've been traveling. I have clients and they travel all around the world. I've done things where I'm basically there. I call it the CHO, the chief health officer. And I've gone around with clients. I've stayed with them. We've gone through a whole week to make sure that they're able to fit things in their routine. They know what to get at the store. Their PAs are able to prepare food. I've even done things where they say they're traveling to, there was Dubai we went to, and we'd scouted out all the actual restaurants around there to know these are pretty good options. Get these meals delivered for him when he gets there so he hasn't got to think about these things. And like just making sure there's no things, there's no guessing, there's nothing left on the table. If like they're at a hotel, this is what they can have on the menu. But I find that we, we justify things. We justify we're too busy to do it if we try and do too much because it, it, we can. Our subconscious will let us. If you try and do two workouts a day for 75 days, we can justify falling off of that, right? Mm-hmm. So getting back to the original question of how do we work with someone, we do the smallest possible thing so their subconscious cannot justify using an excuse. So for some people, that has been literally taking an omega-3 supplement. And for a week, build on success, then add something else, then something else and something else. It depends where that person is at in the capacity. Does it take longer? I actually don't think it does because you don't fall off as much. Mm-hmm. If you constantly It just becomes like a habit. Exactly. And so then you're just adding on to the habits, essentially. Exactly. And then suddenly things just click. I had a guy today that his gut has had issues for, he said, over half his life. I think he worked out his like. 26 27 years he's had gut issues and we've started sorting them out and we're four months down the line and everything has just started to click and the last month when now we've focused on those foundations so his body's been where it needs to be and he's dropped six kilos in the last two months after we built those foundations now if we'd have gone in and done a really severe calorie deficit yeah and smashed him with workouts then he might have lost the weight quickly, but his body wouldn't be in a position to keep that intensity up and would more than likely get sick. Now, we've made it easy for him. His sleep scores on his aura ring are the highest they've ever been. I look at heart rate variability, a marker of stress on the body. It's the highest it's been for a long while. And there's so much technology now as well. When you look at aura rings, Fitbits, Whoop bands, Apple Watches, Samsung's, Garmin's, all these things we can track where our stress levels are at and we, we can start to see where we need to plug the gaps. Now, have you seen somebody come in where like their body has just gone numb? Where it's just uh, like, I don't like, and it's just, I don't think that I am stressed, but they've just constantly lived in a state of stress that that is now the norm. Yeah, I see people that have been through a lot of trauma. And trauma is very individual on the person. And something that I've been through different traumas over over my life. There was some trauma in childhood. I lost my dad when I was 15. Then extreme overtraining was was traumatic. Disordered eating of like exercise bulimia and binge eating episodes. That that was different trauma. And finally completely overtraining and fully burning out when I had was doing. Uh, endurance work now i see people downplay trauma because they haven't had the sexual assaults or the the military trauma like they haven't been to war 
And every single, per single person's traumatic experience is an individual. I think people, like, we, we can underestimate that and what we've been through. Now, I'm 37 years old. Every single, my body now is based on every single experience I've had since before I was born, since there was my, my mum and dad conceived. And even before then, you could think about quality of eggs, quality of sperm and all that sort of stuff. And you, you look at transgenerational trauma. You look mm -hmm. at, there's, there's evidence that grandchildren and great-grandchildren of survivors of Auschwitz still have high levels of trauma in their body. Hmm. Children that were born after 9-11, from, from survivors of 9-11 and people that were in New York on that day and in the US on that day, still have signs of trauma. And we have different parts in our brain which will remember these stresses. And we have to undo those. And one of the way we look at those is a thing called the polyvagal theory. Um, we, have yeah. you heard of that? I, so we actually uh, ran an event where Steve Forges just, came and um, wow. spoke. Yeah. I'd that never heard of it awesome. before, but they, yeah, the Polyvagal Institute and um, another company came together and, and wanted us to produce the event for them. I'd that never heard of it before. Yeah. It's interesting though, when we look at polyvagal theory and especially the vagus nerve, how people don't have vagal tone, good vagal tone and how we can improve that. It's, it's, if anyone's not aware of it, it's, it's a nerve at the base of our brain axis and it sends signals up and down to the gut, to other organs, and when we get into a highly stressed state, so we have fight, flight, freeze, there's a fight, flight, fall and freeze that people have with different, different modes. And we can be in this freeze mode without even realizing it. And we get really frustrated. And it might be that there's constant self-sabotage that happens. And um, we just don't know why we're not progressing. We don't learn to love ourselves. And this trauma could be from childhood that we're dealing with now. And this is where myself, I have to pull in experts. I've got a very, very, um, very good colleague, a hypnotherapist who's worked wonders with myself, with fear of public speaking, with um, fear of flying, with, with relationships, things going on, with loving myself, but also like worked with, with some of my clients. And I think that's one of the, the powers of a good practitioner is that we have this network to build on. So yeah. like, like knowing that like I've not met Stephen Porges, but I've read his books and like his his work is amazing and the theory behind it. <clears throat> I worked with a couple of doctors who um, teach some of the methods in in the the polyvagal theory, and we look at that. We look at that amount of stress. One of the one of the things that's obvious is that we're still beating ourselves up, right? Mm -hmm. It's a form of self harm without actually realizing it. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Um, geez, we could probably go down multiple rabbit holes from here. <laughs> yeah. Um, would you mind talking a little bit about, you, you said earlier, brain fog, brain health focus. Can you um, share maybe some thoughts or ideas of what somebody could do now to support that brain health and increase their focus? I think one of the biggest things is sleep and sleep quality. If we go through good cycles of sleep, we start to regenerate cells and we start to clear out in our brain the our neurons, we clear out dead neurons and we start to have cellular regeneration. So um, if, if we get good recovery, we, we start to be able to have more neuroplasticity. 
So one of the things that I do see with people that have um, been through a lot of stress, I always ask people if they've hit their head or been knocked out. Because if you do that with certain amounts of stress, we have these things called glia cells. And then we get into this glia priming or microglia, microglia, depending on where you're from, accent-wise, like microglia cells. And what they are, they're, they're basically like the trash collectors in the brain. So they'll clear out the dead neurons. And they can get overactive. So we go through stress and we're, we're pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And then if we go, we, when they're highly stressed and we go through this severe level of trauma, they then get primed and they don't switch off. There are some studies that are showing that we can eventually through um, lengthened uh, sessions of autophagy. So lengthened fasts, like water fast, not necessarily your intermittent fasting and things like that but longer fasts could shrink them to the degree that we then can create new ones. But it's still research needed to be done in that at the moment. But once these get switched on, they're primed. And it might be that someone who has a little bit of a reaction to gluten ends up that they're, they're fine after a couple of days or a day or so. Someone that has primed glia cells has gluten and they're in bed for four days they're really depressed. It could be that if we have an argument with a partner or a boss or a colleague, then you just get a bit wound up. But then someone with prime glia cells literally pushes them into a state of depression or like they, they push hard with training and they need four or five days to recover. They literally, they push and then they need more, more recovery time. And I think that if you're not at that level, of primed glia cells, we still need to look after how well we can recover. When we look at what happens overnight, I always have this analogy of an airport, that if you have JFK or LAX or Heathrow Airport, during the day, there's planes coming and going left, right and center, every two, three minutes, maybe even quick, uh, um, more frequent than that. But at nighttime, there are things that are still vital for the running of the airport. There's repairs that are done there's admin work, there's cleaning, there's restocking, all these things that if that wasn't done, you, your airport wouldn't function. And that happens at nighttime, the clearing out of the waste, the restocking of the, the cells and, and regeneration, detoxification all happens when we sleep, when we get into good levels of sleep. Now, what happens is that a lot of people don't have good blood glucose management to be able to go through the night to sleep. So what happens is they have ups and downs in glucose. When the glucose goes low, what happens is that cortisol, the stress hormone spikes. As a result, that the job for, excuse me, the job for cortisol is to get our glucose up so it fuels our brain. Now, we do that first thing in the morning. So if we do that through the night, we have this low and then a kick in cortisol, Usually our body is saying, oh, it's morning. We're going to wake up. Now, in the morning as well, what then happens is that people hit the snooze button. Well, we need to have our cortisol go up in the morning and then slowly come down. It's called the cortisol awakening response. Now, the trouble with having a snooze button is people hit that snooze and they go up, 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 up. It's like a few false starts. So we then get our circadian rhythm. Our body clock just gets completely out of whack. So our, our circadian rhythm, our cortisol, diurnal cortisol rhythm goes out of whack. So we end up having things like um, caffeine to plug the gaps. 
we always say that caffeine is taking energy from tomorrow to fuel today. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that I don't have caffeine. I do. But if you're having caffeine in the first 90 minutes and you have an afternoon energy dips, just try not having that in the first 90 minutes and just see what happens with that, the energy dips. Yeah. Um, we could go into the science about it, but it's basically to do with adenosine receptors and, and caffeine. So that's so like pretty much it, sleep is the thing that will support brain a lot of things, right? Your health, your brain function, your gut, everything, because yep. it gets all cleaned out and reset everything for you. Yep. Um, so it's really taking a look at, at how you can have reoccurring sleep at the same time and waking up at the same time to get on that rhythm. So yep. then your body's like, okay, this is how we can keep moving forward. Yeah. If you imagine, imagine an orchestra, a live orchestra with loads of different instruments, sleep is the thing that gets the conductor at the right place. The conductor being the brain that tells you that this is where we start. If we don't have that conductor in place and these, the, the instruments, the musicians don't even have music that they know how to play. They're just going to be different time and different tempos. It's going to sound, it's going to sound horrible. <laughs> uh, I, I come from a music background as well. So um, it's going to sound ridiculously horrible. And, but if we imagine our brain is that conductor that is actually like telling people to do what it needs to do at the right times. And that's what happens when we have a good circadian rhythm. If we get good sleep, we charge up that conductor and we, we make sure that conductor's music, like the, the music in front of him or her, is literally the music that's in front of the musicians, that which are sense. organs and hormones. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh my goodness, Ollie, this has been fascinating. Um, I know you can continue to go on and on and on and you just are a wealth of information and knowledge. If people wanted to connect with you, stay connected with you, what is the best way to do that? And do you happen to have a gift for our audience? So I have a um, Hacks to Reduce Stress and Eliminate Brain Fog Guide, which is available at ollymatthewshealthcoach.com. But also if you go on social media, it's at Ollie J. Matthews. So it's Ollie with an I-E, O-L-L-I-E-J Matthews with a double T. And you can message me any questions you have on there. Um, there's a contact me on the website. But yeah, just but I love creating content as well. So if you message me, I'm not just going to try and push sales or anything like that. If I've got content already on the questions you have, then I'll link you to that content. If I haven't, then chances are I'll make content because that's the content that people want. So don't be shy and message me as many questions as you may have. I love it. I love it. And so we'll put all the links in the show notes so you can stay connected with Ollie. Now, my last question for you, what is a takeaway or memorable note you'd like to leave our audience with? There's, there's a couple of questions. So there's going to be two questions, but it's in a one in functional medicine that, that we ask, and I ask all clients it at the start, what one thing can you take away from your life right now that would make your health better? Everyone knows one thing. And what one thing could you add to your life right now that would make your health better? Mm-hmm. And once we realize that and we be open and honest with ourselves, it's our choice to implement those things. No matter how busy you are, no matter like, as, as a business person, as a parent, as a friend, uh, just as a person, no matter how busy you are, there's always going to be one thing you could add and take away that can improve your life. It's your choice, your choice to do it. 
Beautiful. Thank you so much for being with us today, Ollie. And I want to thank our audience for joining us on another episode of Creating Powerful Impact. I'm excited for you to take all the lessons and the resources and the things that you've learned here today, start implementing them, and create even more impact in your world. Until next time, have an outstanding rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to the Creating Powerful Impact podcast. If you are a successful coach, speaker, author, or thought leader who would like to be on this program, simply visit creatingpowerfulimpact.com forward slash guest. If you are someone who got something out of this interview, would you please do me a favor and share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your socials. Also, if you know somebody that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag creating powerful impact. I love seeing all of your posts and great guest selections. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any episodes. Go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and they really mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more about us? Head on over to our website, graceandeaseproductions.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Just look for Grace and Ease Productions on your favorite platform. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.